Hello, hello. What's up? What's good? Ni hao, bonjour. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, athletic, and creative people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Fantastic show for you today with a wonderful, wonderful guest, Ukrainian Olympian and current gymnastics coach, Natalia Kononenko is our guest. Natalia represented the Ukraine at the 2012 Summer Olympics. She's a two-time European bronze medalist on the uneven bars and currently is a gymnastics coach. On today's episode, Natalia shares with us her favorite memories of the 2012 Olympic Games. Natalia and I also discuss how she's able to blend her multicultural background into her coaching. Natalia also shares some of her favorite travel and food experiences from her competitions. This conversation with Natalia was, was a lot of fun. She has incredible passion for her sport, and I think that's part of what makes her such a great coach. But another reason is because of how she started in the sport and how early on her first coach didn't think that she had much of a future in the sport at all. It was a fun chat. Uh, she made me laugh a ton, and I, and I learned so much from her. Elated for you guys to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on Ukrainian Olympian and current coach Natalia Kononenko, and let's learn. Tell you you began training in gymnastics at an early age. So, what are your memories from those early years? Um, well, I probably have the only one memory <laughs> that was really funny uh, is that my coach didn't really want to take me to her team because I was really chubby and I came later than everybody. <laughs> so she was like, "Well, you know what? Like you're really behind and like you're a little chubby. So for gymnastics, you know, it's kind of like." But I was so funny, then she just gave me a chance. She's like, okay, you have like two weeks or let me see how you're going to work. And I was so in love and I was just so happy to be there. Then literally a few years down, they invite me to Olympic school already and I get a chance to practice two practices a day. And um, But I always could keep repeating that, that like, you know what? <laughs> my coach didn't want to take me there. And who, you know, when my parents of my students ask me, oh, can you tell me if she will be Olympian? Can you tell me if she's talented or something like this? I'm like, you know what? My coach didn't even want to take me to her team. Who knew that I would be Olympian just 10 years down or something like that? So, yeah, that's probably my only one. It's a fantastic story. I love that. We well, fast forward to London 2012. When you think back to, to those games, what are the memories that you think of? Um, well, these games is really fantastic, right? Just to be there, it's already really incredible. And um, of course, I would like to, I wish I could rem- remember more of that because you're so focused and you are so, yeah. like, you don't have time and anything to just look around and really enjoy the moment and enjoy the Euro and Olympic Games because you have to practice a day and you're really focused on what you're doing. And I think, like, there's few really memories that I really remember. Mm-hmm. is the, Our warm-up gym was actually in a David Beckham Arena, which one is uh, right across the street of uh, O2 Arena mm-hmm. that we was competing on. So it was like so cool, you know, there was this grass and on top of the grass, there was our equipment right there. Like all those pictures with David Beckham and like uh, famous people. It was like, oh my God, (laughs) that was really, really cool. And um, Olympic Village, of course, is is really fabulous place. Like you can see there all the superstars of, of all kind of sports. And yeah, like you can meet 
everybody in the lunch lunch place that restaurant or whatever you want to call it and yeah meeting like michael phelps and saint bolt and like even some ukraine team that i've been dreamed to meet i met there you know <laughs> so it was it was really really cool and probably the biggest the biggest memory is of course the competition day when you kind of like okay that's the day that i was working so hard for the past 10 years and this day became and and this is probably the biggest memory and that was great who are some of the ukrainian athletes that you were excited to meet uh, there was actually the boxing team. Mm. Uh, it was Vasily Lomachenko, Alexander Usyk, uh, Taras Shalistyuk. And um, I mean, after that, they start going to Olympic Center where we were training actually in Ukraine, in Kyiv. But before that, we never saw them. So okay. they was already superstars. They was already Olympic champions. And we never saw them. So I think those, those the boxing team was very excited for me to meet. And... Uh, You've competed around the world. And I know it's I know it's a big adrenaline rush, and it's fun to compete, and it's fun to perform, and it's fun, especially in front of a crowd. What do you miss most about competing? About competing, probably miss most excitement, yeah. like when everybody applauding, when everybody is um, so happy to see you. You know, especially all over the world, you can go to competition, you meet your friends. Um, especially unofficial competition, not world championship and not European championship, just the cups, just the friendship uh, uh, tournaments. It was so fun to just meet your friends and we have wonderful like kind of, kind of small teams of the, of the, of the um, gymnasts from Greece and Germany and France. We would always like get, get together and it was just so, so much fun. And that was that was really fun and also to see everybody in the competition was really exciting and for um competing itself it's definitely it's definitely to show the people your work and to be proud of it and you're like okay i've been working so hard for like four months now and i have to show it and and i have this unique bar routine that unique bar combination on the bars that when i was doing it like all the time everybody clapping so, like in the middle of my routine before i even finish everybody will start clapping and then i finish it right away and then everybody's like oh <laughs> that was really excited and um, yeah i really loved it and i really miss it for sure how does the preparation differ in the events with judges because if it's you mentioned usain bolt right he in his race he doesn't have to worry about judges if he if he's first he's first and that's it but for you in, in events where there is a judge, how, did, how does that change your mindset going into it? Because you can be great, but if it's not quite what the judge like, or if you did something different, it can affect the results. So, so mentally, emotionally, how did you prepare for that? Um, the coaches teach us all the time that uh, you don't care about the judges. Mm -hmm. You only pay attention to yourself. Your job is to do your job. That's it. You cannot think about nobody else. That is you and event. That's it. Like you have you, you have your bars. Do what you have to do. If the judges decide that you wasn't the best today, fine. Which one it happens a lot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you have to do your job. So I think that the most important, and that's what I teach my kids right now, that as soon as you do your job, you're happy, even if you don't get first place. But as soon as you, you mistake, even though you get a first place, but you mistook, it means that you have to work harder or, or do something, you know, to adjust it. But we try to don't pay attention to the judges, of course, but... It's definitely, yes, it's definitely a place for, the, for it because, um, you know, as a judges, as a humans, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
you're a coach now. So when did the idea of coaching gymnastics first enter your mind? Um, well, I always liked to coach and I always liked to teach. Like I really enjoyed to help my teammates or the junior girls to like with advices or with some tips, like how I feel it, I would tell them maybe it can help. And when I was injured in um, Olympic center, my coaches gave me like junior teams and I would do a choreography with them and I was teaching them and they was doing good. So I was like, Oh my God, it's <laughs> so excitement, you know? And um, yeah, when I was a really baby, I was teaching my dolls how to do gymnastics and like, I really love teaching and, and right now I'm really enjoying the process and I really see, love to see the results and to see these eyes of the kids when they really want to do something. And it's just fantastic. I, I think I always been dreaming about it. <laughs> well, through coaching, you've probably learned some new things of the sport. So what have you learned now that you're like, man, I wish I would have known that. I would say that the biggest thing that I, that I have learned is probably to take care of the health more better. Okay. Because right now as a coach, like my biggest priority is the kids' safety and the kids' health. Like I first have to make sure that the kids are safe before to let him do any kind of tricks. And the same if they injury, I have to make sure, double, double make sure that they are good to go. They have no pain anymore and they good to go. When I was a gymnast, that was, that was my poor coach was actually stopping me all the time from that because... You always want to avoid the doctor recommendation and just go faster for like the doctor say three weeks re recovering and you're like, oh, can I go after two weeks or you start begging your coach and competing and practicing with the injuries, which one then follow up with the more injuries, you know? So I wish I will be more smart on that. When I was a gymnast, I would always go, go with injury. Like doesn't matter. It doesn't pain anymore. I, I good to go. And that was a little bit um, probably not smart from my side. I think your, your students are very fortunate because you, you've got the blending of two different countries. You're trained in the Ukraine and now you've learned a lot secondary in, in the United States. So how have you been able to blend the two different countries' background in, in gymnastics? Because I know there's probably different theories and everything. So how have you been able to blend those two? Um, I, I would say that I kind of um, involve a lot of... Um, my Ukraine uh, techniques in, in my work right now. And I a little bit work by, by my own way mm -hmm. here. It, like, of course it's different because the level that I worked there was uh, a national team and the, 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 to teach and the level that I work here is not. <laughs> so of course it, it takes some adjustments. And um, I, I can say that I'm a little, um, how to say that? <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Um, it took me some time to learn all this system, to, to learn all these levels and to learn um, it's totally different levels, of course, and totally different skills. And I never saw it in my life. I never did it in my life. And I honestly, with my kids, sometimes they're like, how to do this? I'm like, honestly, <laughs> I never did it myself. So I don't know. So we kind of uh, develop it together. Uh, it took some time for me to learn all these um, new skills and new routines and drills, but I could say that the kids everywhere are the same. The, the, the gymnastics in general is everywhere the same. The basics is the same. And it probably makes me a little bit different from, from United States coaches because my gymnastics is based on basics much more. And I really pay attention more on the ballet part, on the basic skills. And um, yeah. And yeah. probably, <laughs> probably 
the best what I what the kids love about me is my personality and that I love what I'm doing and then everything else is just easy to adjust, you know. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you faced, especially during 2020 with, with all the changes and everything happening? So what were some of the challenges you faced and then how did you adapt along the way? Um, I adapt pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I can say. Um, well, when all this happened at first, we had cancellation of competition and like nobody knew what to do because we had, we was right in our season. So we just did two competition uh, with the girls. So we have three left and it was canceled and it was already kind of, you know, like, well, okay. But then we closed, we closed for lockdown. And since kids was all in shape and I was so sad for them that they're going to lose their shapes, everything starting like second week of quarantine, I was like, okay, I start doing challenges in Instagram. So I would post every day um, the exercises and the assignments for the girls. Everybody could do it, but my girls was doing most. Um, and like they would do it, they would do homework, we was doing the fun stuff, like all together. And then it's kind of become like, okay, it's working, everybody happy. So I would continue, continue. Then I create another challenge with the prizes uh, at the end that I told them whoever going to do best when I get the leotards. And I saw there's going to be one person, but they was doing so good and everybody was following and everybody was keep working hard. Even during, you know, the Instagram, like they would do the work, they would send me a video and that was just, just really good. And they was all in shape. So I have to, when we come back to the gym, I actually had to give like more than 10 leotards because mm -hmm. all of them was doing so good. And it's actually helped a lot because when we came gym, back to the gym, all the girls that was doing this challenge came in shape. So they, they, they didn't have to start from the basics again. They was already good to go, to, to, to continue for the next level. And yeah, that was really good. And also I was doing the online Zoom sessions also. It was a little weird at first, you could say, you know, because like, what are gymnastics in the Zoom, Zoom you know, like, uh, but, but, you know, it was, it takes a lot of create creativity and um, to keep kids in shape and interesting, you know, through the computer, because, you know, like in the gym is totally different. And then when you're like four months in the computer is like, no, come on. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it took some creativity and um, probably for the gym, when we came back to the gym, there was some adjustments for about social distancing and we're still doing some adjustments. We are preparing for our season, competition season now, and it's definitely much different than this normal competition season. You know, we are very flexible, we are very understandable and respectful for everybody's opinion. However, who is feeling good, can go who is not feeling safe just absolutely respectfully you can stay home and it's absolutely up to you um so i think everybody really adjust this year <laughs> really adapt and this year teaches how to be flexible and how to be more happy for what we have probably yeah and i'm sure many of those things that you did adapt and did change i'm sure many of those things moving forward you're going to keep because it probably made you a better coach and strengthen the relationships as well absolutely Absolutely. And the, all the kids and all the parents get so much engaged because they like, you know, you was doing this just, just, just because you want to do it for four months, so it's like full-time job doing your Instagram things and like keeping kids in shape and like doing it and taking the time to get a leotards and doing all this and everybody get really much closer and then like better team. And yes, it definitely helped. And 
I know that you are a leader and you're an inspiration to many of your young athletes, but who are the people that have inspired you constantly? Who are the leaders in your life that have stood out? Oh. <laughs> that one, it wasn't on the list. I didn't have that one on the list. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. <laughs> um, well, if we're talking about um, gymnastics, it probably would be um, Lilia Podkapaeva, the Ukraine mm-hmm. gymnast. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm inspired by her work and by her performances. Uh, it would definitely be a nice Tia Lukin. I, I, I just love her. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I really love Alia Mustafina. Mm-hmm. We are the same age. And, um, and, I, and I basically grow up together for, starting from uh, 2008 uh, Junior European Championship. We kind of was growing together all the time. And it was just so incredible to see her story and how she didn't give up and she would go through all this and she still don't give up and it's just it's incredible when a young athlete is starting gymnastics and they come to you and say i want to be a gymnast but i don't know where to begin and i don't know what event to start with are you under the belief that they should try everything or do you try to specialize them with one event and have them practice that event constantly um they have to start with all of them for Mm -hmm. sure because you never know how it's going to go. You never know how it's uh, going to be in the future. So yeah. they definitely have to start with everything. Also for coordination and for like all kind of developing reasons. Because if you're going to do only one event, then like, for example, the jumping skills, you, you're going to lose a chance on that. So definitely they have to start on everything. Um, well, if you just first time came in the gym, I think the most important part that you have to do is make sure that your body is ready for that mm-hmm. make sure that you have enough um flexibility enough strength so whatever we start from is definitely warm-up conditioning and um flexibility preparation like you can't just walk into the gym and start doing flips because your body's not ready for that and that's the most important part of it and you have to first make sure that you prepared your body before to go to any any event but about the events, I can definitely say that I was um, I was doing fantastic on three events, uh, vault, beam, and floor. When I was younger, mm-hmm. I didn't have any fear. I was really, I really didn't have any fear. <laughs> Whatever coach told me to do, I would always do that and be just fine. Um, for a long time, until like thirteen, I was probably I was doing really amazing things on the, on those events. But then I got my first injury and I couldn't jump anymore. So I had to spend all my time on the bars and that's like 10 hours a day. Yeah. So while everybody do all events, I was staying on the bars all this time. And that's actually how it made me be in a bar person at the end. And bars was my biggest and most unique. And I have my personal skill on bars that call after my name. And... Um, because basically that reason then i just had to stay on that event and just i didn't have a choice yeah so you never know but i didn't even like bars from the beginning when i was a kid because you know it was wooden but then at the end this came out that it was my best event so i definitely would suggest for everybody to start on everything and don't even think that if you like something it doesn't mean that you have to stay on that all your time you have to take your time to go all events and Make sure you have enough time for flexibility and choreography and body conditioning because this is even more important than your events. How do you stay fit and active now? Because I don't anticipate you doing as many of the same things as the vault and the bars and everything. So how do you stay physically active? 
I think I'm doing a little bit of something with my girls when they do conditioning, they would always say, of course, you stay in there talking to us. So go do it with us. So I would, I would sit down and do all sit-ups with them. Um, I'm going to the gym sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's probably it. I walk my dog a lot. And, um, Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's nothing, nothing crazy. I'm not, I'm not doing events anymore. I'm taking, you know, taking safety. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can show kids some handstands or some some clips on a trampoline, but um, not right now. <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> well, one of the things I've always, always wanted to do—it's been a life goal—and I've never, I've never tried, but I've always wanted to do it because I think it's so cool. I've always wanted to do a backflip. Am I too old to practice a backflip? No, you're okay. not too old. Okay. You can do it. Everybody can do it on any age. Okay. Just make sure that you're safe. There is special things that. You you uh, put an air on your hip and somebody can help you. Then you like help you lift you up and down and on trampoline. That's absolutely possible. Okay. This is good news for me. This is, I love this. <laughs> Do you know, um, uh, the singer of Bonnie M group. So one time he was, um, he was actually our fan as we knew later. Um, he came one time to Ukraine uh, Olympic center and he, he was in this t-shirt and at first he was, uh, my friend name Igor Radivilo, maybe you heard about he has his uh, bronze medal okay. Olympic bronze medal and on the back was my name and he was like what is this like who is this guy <laughs> and there was like this is the uh, singer of Bonnie M his name is Tony and we we're like oh my god that's that's fantastic you know and um, he was actually he's maybe like 50 years old and he showed us all these tricks that he can do he did round of back flips, back turns, flips, and be like, oh my God, <laughs> that was fantastic. Like, and he would do on the stage uh, all these back flips still now, until now. I'll be like, oh my God, that, that's just incredible. So no, it's never late to, to okay. learn. You've traveled around the world through gymnastics. So which are the locations that you, you still have thoughts about, they still daydream about? Um, well, honestly, my... <laughs> I, I love all the locations. I yeah. love all the countries that I went to. I really enjoyed to travel. And even though we couldn't really see much because he was always in the trainings, yeah. but it still was really, really exciting. And I really remember the trip to United States. We mm -hmm. had two trips, 2008 and 2009. It was actually for nasty looking uh, cup for Woga Classic, the regime. And we was actually living in the families of the girls who was training in those gyms. Mm. So for us, like 12 years old girls was like so much difference. Like we live in Ukraine in Olympic center there. So like we live alone in Olympic center. It's so much different. And here, like you see so much different and it was just fantastic. And everything, everybody was so helpful, so friendly so nice and so cheating even like our i remember our families come to competition with the big banners cheating for us and it was like oh my god <laughs> that was that was fabulous and that definitely definitely remember this most uh england is my very big location <laughs> yeah. like this uh, i get my first uh european medal on england and olympic games was there and pre-olympic test was there and it was really nice. And I love all the Europe for sure. Like France, we had such a wonderful competition in France. Um, it's called Blanc Menil. And it's like just a little farther from the Paris. 
but the other, it's kind of like um, this friendly tournament when you have one day of competition and then like three days they went to Disneyland, to the aqua park, to some like uh, excursions. It was just like fabulous. And, and probably the most interesting and um, unusual spaces in that moment was uh, Japan and Qatar was definitely very, um, very unusual, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, yeah. I how, about, how, about with, how about the food? So you're young and you're traveling, so a lot of times you're probably in new locations having food for the very first time, food that you might not have ever heard about. So what were some of the food memories that you had there, good or bad? Honestly, <laughs> the best food memory I have is actually in the United States okay. when the family... Uh, cook us like this big original American steak. Yeah. Oh my God, it was just fabulous. <laughs> and I like now, I, I after that, I never eat steak again, but now it's my favorite dish. Like I would get steak every time I can have a chance. And that was definitely my biggest memory and food. Okay. And um, yeah, everywhere else. And I love Ukraine food for sure. It's really, really good and really healthy. And everywhere else is, I don't really remember much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll ask you about Ukrainian food then real quick. So when I, when I finally get to Kiev, what is the, the food and drink that I have to order? Um, well, the food is so, um, so many varieties. Like mm-hmm. there is so many choices and all of them is fantastic. Probably the biggest one will be uh, one of those uh, kind of like dumplings. But, mm-hmm. uh, but inside of those uh, dumplings is like um, it, there is one with the meat. And there is another one, a little bigger one, is like with a potato and with the cabbage and with something, and it's really traditional and it's really good. Okay, I trust <laughs> and it. Of course, of course, it's gonna be borscht. The beef soup. I love borscht. That's I didn't think I did not think borscht would be as good as it is, but it's fantastic with sour cream, especially. It's fantastic. You see, <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> What are, what are your goals, both personal, professionally for 2021? Here we are in a new year. So what do you want from the new year? What are your goals? Um, well, there are so many opportunities here, especially that we see with this new year, how we can, how is actually so many opportunities, you know? And um, I think um, I grew up a lot of, a lot during the past few years. And I really would like to keep working on that, keep working on open mind, keep working on education myself, um, read more books and things like this. And um, like right now, I'm really interested in e-commerce business, uh, retail and private label. And I try to learn as much as I can to see maybe if it's going to be useful for me in the future. And it's really interesting for me. You know, it's kind of like a toy for me now <laughs> since yeah. I never had, you know, had a chance to do it. So now I really like to do it and let's see how it's going to work. And uh, probably the, the biggest uh, about gymnastics, <laughs> but it's not the, the short goal. Like um, I'm so happy with everything I have right now that I don't have like this short goal to become, I don't know, uh, champion this year or something. I don't really have that. Uh, but the big goal is probably to make gymnastics kids a little happier. I don't know how, how else how i gonna do it yet will it be open my own gym or become a gym advisory uh since i have so many ideas <laughs> you know yeah. i think it's gonna be useful and um 
I really want to take my time probably a little in the future to think how I can help the kids with special needs through gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Because I think that gymnastics is such a wonderful sport that develops all, develops all kind of yeah. muscles and everything. And it's the best sport for everybody, for young kids. Yeah. Like as soon as you start, like, you know, four to seven, four to eight, like you want to do only gymnastics. And then you can choose any sport and you'll be already best on it. Just yeah. because you want to develop everything you can, the balance, the feeling in the space, and yeah. So I, I think that it's really going to be useful, and that's kind of my mission. And I think that if if there's if keep digging in those opportunities and possibilities and find this corporate with some organizations, then interested in that, there is a way to go with um, helping um, these kids. And probably one more is would be write a book for young kids as well. Um, it's also very far goal. <laughs> Don't wait for it anytime soon. <laughs> but probably for the same kind of idea because I hear a lot from my kids. They, they would say, of course, it's so easy for you to talk because you're already an Olympian. And I always have to explain them. I'm like, well, I was born the same young girl as you. And that was a long way and a lot of work and a lot of things to actually become an Olympian. So I feel like a lot of girls um, really need to see that everybody was born a young girls, or young, young people. Yeah, <laughs> everybody yeah. has to work hard. Everybody has, has passed through the same problems as them. Like nobody was born an Olympian or superstar or somebody. Everybody passed through all the steps and everybody had the same problem as they have right now. And I think it will be very useful and motivate uh, kids motivate them to don't give up, to understand that they are not alone, you know, and I think that will be very good. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I think we're going we're gonna to have to have you back on the show later this year to find out how the goals are going and I can check in on you about the book. <laughs> <laughs> now I will have to start it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I'm, we can be accountability together. We'll, you know, I'll write mine, you can write yours and we'll check in on it. So it'll be perfect. That's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned, uh, one of the things you mentioned, you said you want to read more books. So I'm curious, in 2000, 2020, what were some of the favorite books that you read? Uh, my favorite ever book I read in 2020, it's uh, What I Wish I Knew When I Was 20, Tina Sealing. Mm -hmm. It's about open minded, but it's just fantastic how this book is made, how they show you, how she show you this um, simple examples like of how it's like a lady from Stanford that is teaching there and they're giving her students uh, like different assessments to do. And then they have to create and really be really creative and find out how to work it out. And it's very, very interesting because you really start understanding how your brain can work as soon as you give him a chance to work, you know, like as soon as you start thinking in mm -hmm. some directions, it's going to keep going and keep going by itself. So that definitely was the best one. Yeah. And I think something like that can work in every facet of life, of gymnastics and writing and everything. And for your e-commerce business, all of it. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I love talking to you. If you want to <laughs> keep asking, I would love to keep talking. This, is, this, has been, this has been so wonderful. So it's such a lovely conversation. How can people follow you? Thank you so much. Uh, you can find me in um, Instagram, mm -hmm. Kononenko Natalia, or um, in Facebook. Mm -hmm. The same, Natalia Kononenko. 
and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Randall. Thank you thank so you, much. Thank you. Thank you for a day. We'll talk again soon, but thanks for a day. Thank you so Bye. much. Thank you. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Natalia. Be sure to give her a follow on social media. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.